1: hello and welcome to my turn waypoints movie podcast where we take turns talking about a series of related films to draw connections and contrasts among them Mm -hmm. Uh, i can at least guarantee the contracts (laughs) part if not always the relationships or the or the connections Uh, so last time on my turn the audience voted for uh ricardo's pick of escape from new york which is about a buccaneering war hero trying to rescue a corrupt president from a dystopia of his government's own making in the name of bringing World War III to a close. That got me thinking about what might be the polar opposite of Carpenter's grimy adventure, White House Down. Uh, (laughs) So if you're not familiar with White House Down, that's probably because it was eclipsed by its doppelganger, Olympus Has Fallen. See, Mm. in 2013, Hollywood gave us two movies about a president coming under attack in his own White House with the building being seized by small armies of commandos only for their plot to be foiled by a bodyguard looking for redemption. Olympus Has Fallen, starring Jared Butler and Aaron Eckhart, was a hit, and that spawned an ongoing franchise. I was going to say, the fa- it became the Insert Has Fallen franchise, right? I was looking this up. Yeah, that's how it's listed on, on Wikipedia. The <laughs> Three, of has has Three of them. Has Fallen. Three of them, I believe,
2: were, were made. And there's, um, a, there's
1: a fourth coming.
2: Uh-huh. And the third one introduced uh Joel Butler's father, played by Oh shit. I'll look it
1: up. Continue. Uh yeah, so that be that becomes a franchise, while White House Down, starring Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx, was largely ignored and forgotten. Uh the trouble is, it's actually a really funny twist on the venerable template laid down by Die Hard. Basically, White House down is diehard, except Al the Cop has, replaced, has been replaced by Jamie Foxx playing a Barack Obama-esque president, and the global capitalist excess of the 80s has been traded in for the sentimental liberalism of the West Wing. The John McClane part is, of course, uh, going to Channing Tatum, playing John Cale, a Capitol police officer who is desperate to show his daughter he's not a disgraceful ne'er do well by getting a job with the Secret Service because his daughter, Emily, is completely obsessed with the White House and the presidency.
2: <sighs> can't, so can't, he- can't show up to the kids, you know, talent show. But don't worry what it's going to patch things up is if you I can should. just get this white, this White House job. this fucking
1: kid so he is he just happens to be there on the wrong day as a super group of neo nazis and mercenaries storm the building with the help of a treacherous right-wing secret service commander played by james woods uh fox and tatum team up and bro down to defeat the plan and at the end american democracy has been defended a radical plan for global peace has been adopted and a little girl can look at her father without shame so gang that's all preamble I think my first question for y'all is simple and, and fairly just high level. So this movie was a commercial failure. I am curious, do you feel it's a failure by other metrics as well, or is this a secret success? This movie fucking owns I
3: every <laughs> every mm. no <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the yes, fuck up. You're all wrong. Yes. Every, I'm not saying I didn't have a good every, time but every frame of this movie, every second of this film I watched was a fucking joy for me. It was one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen. And every moment of it brought me incre- increasing levels of enjoyment. I love this autistic child so much. Emily Kale's special interest is the White House, is the president. It is the most endearing shit on the planet I think this movie fucking owns. It's so dumb. And the action choreography solid. It's...
2: <laughs> oh, so I am a... Huge Roland Emmerich fan, the director of this film. Independence Day, one of my all-time favorite big, oh, dumb
0: they action films. that reference.
2: Film. Stargate, Universal Soldier. Not really going to defend Godzilla. Don't remember The Patriot. Is The Patriot good, Rob? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. He directed
1: The Patriot? Yes. The Mel Gibson vehicle? Yes. Day After what? Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow, secretly entertaining as hell. 10, uh, I didn't see 10,000 BC.
2: 20, so... This is all to say, so, like, this is this is the arc, uh, like, essentially Roland Emmerich uh, with his uh, uh, co-director, Dean Devlin. They did a bunch of films together, including Independence Day, Godzilla. Godzilla sort of broke them because that movie was a, a a really, like, kind of a, a weird flop, even though it was a financial success. And Emmerich goes off to continue making disaster porn, um, which is what Independence Day is. That's what Day After Tomorrow is. And it's like, do you want to watch the Eastern Seaboard fall apart? All, we we ask artists to just do it again. Um, And I ate that shit up. Um, But around this era is essentially where Emmerich like completely loses the plot on their ability to like properly direct big blockbuster CG driven action. I agree with you, Ren, That like it's not unwatchable, but as a Emmerich fan, like the heights to which this director falls at this era, in which this is the so he makes White House Down. Can you even guess the movie that Roland Emmerich? Like star of disaster porn cinema makes after this.
1: No. A dramatization of the Stonewall riots. Wait, not the musical one. No, not this. Okay. So he makes
2: Stonewall, and then he makes Independence Day Resurgence, sorry, <laughs> a complete, sorry, sorry, an, sorry, sorry, an awful, sorry. awful movie. One of my, sorry, what? All, yes. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. sorry yes.
3: Sorry. The Roland Emmerich.
1: <laughs>
2: and then most recently directed Moonfall. A movie that even among my uh, folks around me that are like, hey, I love bad, messy, expensive cinema. Moonfall is an unwatchable mess. And so this movie comes at a really interesting time in Emmerich's career. I I had a good time with it, but I don't think there was a world. And I'll end with this. There was a world where Emmerich was able to balance. I have made for you a big, dumb movie, but you're going to have a good time on the roller coaster. And Mm -hmm. a movie like Independence Day epitomizes that. White House Down is a movie that I had a good time with, but not because Emmerich guided and structured a good roller coaster. It's, ju- it's just no, no. a fucking mess that yeah. is expensive and delightful to look at.
1: Real quick, uh, I had just assumed the Stonewall movie was a musical based on the, the poster. <laughs> look at the poster for the Stonewall movie I'm and, like, no, that's, tell that's me... That's how you know it's gay, Rob. <laughs> if, you know, if there's one thing... If there's one thing that I bet Stonewall looked like, it was a bunch of happy kids just like hanging out, strolling down the street together. Uh-huh. Snapping um, your fingers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh well, I'm I'm morbidly curious now. Uh, okay. <laughs> I like I'm I'm somewhere between you. Kato. I'm curious, uh, where where did you where did you come down uh, after getting off the roller coaster?
0: Uh, basically that <laughs> meme you know that fucking mm. the meme uh worst guy you know has actually has a good a valid point. Uh that's kind of how I felt about this movie is like they're saying things that don't align with the rest of the ideology in this film. I feel like they're like pointing things out that the people in these situations would never mm. point out or would be in on in a way that they weren't. <laughs> this is one of the most I mean it
3: It is the most, one of the most ideologically inconsistent movies I've ever seen in the way that, like, all all neoliberalism, all, all highly neoliberal art is some of the most ideologically inconsistent shit you've ever seen because it is an ideologically inconsistent worldview, right? But, like, that inconsistency makes it such a weird stupid thing to interact oh, with. <laughs> presuming
2: this has an ideological viewpoint is I'm Oh 100 percent no,
1: does. It does.
3: It does. <laughs> it has like seven and they're all really dumb. Which is why I like <laughs> I it. think
2: just because I think having seven different viewpoints does not add it's I don't think it's a math problem. I, I like I don't no, no, no. so
1: I <laughs> so I think here's the here's the thing. I think the movie is is not so much neoliberal. It's it's made under like, you know, the In, like, the era of the triumph of neoliberalism, but it's a deeply just liberal movie. Yes. Like, I think the West Wing parallels, like, I think are where a lot of this stems from because the West Wing was very much invested in the aesthetics and trappings of power, but also imagined, like, what if really good and decent people were in charge of all that power? And that's, like, present from the start of this film. The fucking
3: uh, walk and talks are so funny. All the walk and talks in this movie. The villains are doing walk and talks. The heroes are doing walk and talk. It's so fucking dumb. I love it. As you're saying, Rob. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, you, but like it it is so like heart on its sleeve. The moment uh, we open on, hey, uh, the president just wants to buzz the Capitol because he just loves America so much. He wants to be inspired by the <laughs> monuments. Uh, mm, but also, dude. hey. You know, liberalism is a deeply ingrained American Hold on. tradition.
0: Hold on. I feel like we can't actually skip over the real actual first thing that we see right before we move into the helicopters yeah. is um, the ch- the child, whose Emily. name is Emily. Yeah. Emily, getting a breaking a news alert that has, for some reason, <laughs> an accept or reject button on the alert, yes. uh, but also apparently... <laughs> She just has, like, a Google alert for... She customized yes! her middle, whole phone. <laughs> middle Middle East news? I, this...
3: Like, what? <laughs> I love this child. This... She's so good. I... Her special interest is politics, and she is so excited about it. I, I feel like every that's...
0: S- that's so broad, though. Like, what is the alert? I'm just... I'm, like, super focused on, like, how do you get I an mean, alert for that specific news bit? Like, is it Middle East? Is it just, like, war? Is it... I mean, the the alert is pretty significant.
3: That is the kind of thing that would pop up on your phone. If if the if right now, Joe Biden, if we were at war and Joe Biden was right now, just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like do sweeping policy change uh, throughout the Middle East. Well, you would probably get a notification in your phone.
1: But yeah, but hold on, though. It would have happened a day ago. But if she gets the <laughs> alert because of time zones. She gets the alert first thing in the morning. But the real thing is. She's like waiting for the president to fly back to D.C. Like Santa is yes, arriving. Yes. Like that is the whole shot is like yeah. a, a Christmas commercial. She opens her eyes like the president is back in the White House. For it for all the shit posting I'm doing,
3: I think Emily is really well characterized in this specific way. I know people who are like this about really dumb shit. And so like all of this lands for me, all of this lands.
1: No, I mean, this is the problem. Like there's so much in this movie that's like goofy as shit, but also I think deeply likable is the thing I would like characterize every single choice they make in this movie. It, ends up being carried off to some degree because the people executing it are mm-hmm. deeply likable and they make the characters deeply likable. Right. And that even includes like, you know, Fox's uh, president talking about like, you know, Abraham Lincoln, uh, you know, was a suffragist before suffragism uh, was, was an active movement. And, uh, you know when when they land at the white house we get the beaming maggie gillenhall and, and the other the spare secret service agent who's just going to be murked later in the film is this the greatest job in the world yeah so is so it good. is it i can imagine better jobs than being a bodyguard to the president and like being like all right gang i'm going to go sleep now uh you I go fro- you go like <laughs> hang out around this house i
0: for one would be terrified to be in an airplane that's flying that low to the ground
1: Oh no! I'd be, I mean, I if I could, if I could be like, yeah, let's let's drop to the deck. I absolutely would every every chance. Uh, <laughs> that is the best pilots. Like absolutely, like let's do it. Uh, but and we we have the whole like, you know, we have the long sequence, uh, and that's the other thing. When I when I make the parallels to Die Hard, it's not just about the. Um, I don't think it's just a matter of the conceits of the film, which I mean, this movie is like beat for beat mimicking a lot of Die Hard. But also, I think a lot of like one of the things that really makes Die Hard stand out is that there's almost nothing in that film that is wasted. Uh, everything comes back up later uh, <laughs> in some sort of like crucial context. And that's that is not just, how Roland Emmerich makes <laughs> movies. right? But, the, but this script, but actually the script does. Yeah. So it comes, like, it comes from
2: James Vanderbilt, who has done a D, like uh, you can see a lot of the DNA of some other films that they've worked on, like they would go on to do. Some of the modern scream films, uh Ready or Not, which is a horror comedy. Uh they also did the Slenderman film. Um, uh the also the writer and? of Zodiac, the Fincher movie, uh, two amazing okay. Spider-Mans. Um, but there is a through line through a, a number of Vanderbilt's works of be of like slim, effective uh mashups of action and comedy, which in theory is what Emmerich does. as like, that's, that's independence day. That's, that's the, you know, day after tomorrow. That, that is what, that is the kind of, but, uh, so I can't tell what failed here was like the script or Emmerich came in and went, I've got this. I'm going to put a little of the Emmerich touch because Emmerich does co-write a lot of the films that they work on. Um, and I, I don't know where that falls here. Cause I, I get the in feeling watching it, that the script was probably smarter than the product that ended up here.
1: <laughs> I think when I think of Emmerich, I, I do think he's a dude who loves big process shots, always has. He's always been like that kind of director. And the weird thing is, uh, you know, this is something that's that's easier to imagine uh, as someone who's like being made by someone who's who's a little more uh interested in like pacing and procedure a bit in, you know, a bit in the way that the that, that diehard is. Mm-hmm. Um, But like we we do at least have the sequence where they lay out all the layers of security around the white house all the systems mm-hmm, that are put mm-hmm. in place and it's all very like uh competence porn in some yes, ways yes, you know yes, the, yes. but it's important to like <laughs> lay all this out because we're also going to see all these locations wiped out and turned against uh like the 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 white house like in the next in the next like sequence in the film the fucking, uh, but it's the
0: snipers yeah. the snipers noticing the open sliding door and then the infrared turning on, and it's just two people having sex in their apartment. <laughs> it's so ridiculous.
3: And and one of the things I find actually kind of interesting about the about the competence porn aspect is the ways in which I think that I, I've been thinking a lot about this movie's action choreography. It is, it feels like it's so. And and the references to Die Hard You're Making, I think it's like writing this interesting line between the competence porn-esque, perfect military precision style of action choreography that we've talked about on the show before, and the more like messy, I'm just going to shoot a bunch in this fucking room style of action choreography. And the film is trying to do both at the same time uh, in ways that I find uh, kind of endearing, honestly. Uh, Channing Tatum as dude who will just spray in a room is just it's so good
1: so let's, let's talk about it, because he's the best character we meet and I think one like one of the things that makes this film really work is that there's something that Channing Tatum is is really good at bringing across uh, which is that he, he can give such well-meaning lunk vibes and you yes. can absolutely believe he's incredibly good at things and also believe he's a lifelong fuck up and that's the entire point of this next sequence as he's being introduced where like right. you know you get like the bit with the squirrel establishes him kind of a sweetheart uh but but the whole thing that is like leading up to him uh you know desperately trying th- this job interview is the fact that he's got a uh tense relationship uh with, with with his kid and and i love the little beat there where she's waiting for the knock when he comes to pick her up and then immediately throws on her headphones so that she can pretend she's completely tuned out and mm-hmm. makes her mom go and get the door and like adopts the like i don't give a shit about you john uh like like uh persona uh And again, the fact that this movie is going to hang the flag twirling thing on the wall. And we even have a little bit of the (laughs) Sorkin-esque shittiness of, you know, when he learns he's missed the talent show and, uh, you know, his ex-wife informs him she 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 did flag twirling. And his immediate response is, that's a talent, Um, (laughs) which is a horrible (laughs) thing to say about your kid's talent show thing, but also very funny.
3: Right. Like, that's the other thing about the script is like it's a funny script. Like there's there's a lot of good jokes in here or like jokes that aren't good but did make me laugh a lot um that was one of them uh the pen is mightier than the sword is one of the stupidest lies one see, of the stupidest i don't think these jokes I've are very funny but
2: like you have performers doing b like Hammy interpretations. I mean, like the final line from Jamie Fox doing yes. the meme of like, like I'm dead, but but you know whatever the one where like the guy <laughs> pulls the gun from his coat, but like death, but not for me. And he's like, <laughs> yes, for me.
3: yes, it's so good. It's but, so but I mean, stupid. But that's what I can't. I
2: can't square it here. Like it makes it. it I don't. It's just a. It's a like. It's a bizarre like tonal film yes. that I can't figure out.
1: <laughs> I, but I think, I think for me, like the juxtapositions are kind of why it remains so interesting. It is, it is like the slightly ramshackle nature of this thing. It's like, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a modularly designed film where we're doing like little bits and, and, and beats. Uh, and we, we get, and we get weird little things you of It does feel like they are laying the groundwork for a fa- uh, for a franchise, given like the characters that are... you have Maggie Gyllenhaal in a fairly thankless role uh, where she's going to do a lot of the, like she's going to just going to be a voice on the on the headset for a lot of the film. But she and Tatum have a great scene together where he applies for this job. It's so good and also
3: the movie wants them to fuck so badly. It is it is desperate for those two people. Well, they've already hooked up,
1: right? That's that's clearly in the like their study sessions was like college, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, but it wants these two people like that. The sequel to this movie is those two hitting it off, right? Like it is it is them working together and some other incident happening where instead of Emily being at risk, it instead is Hall and Tatum like going through a situation together. Right.
1: I just love the um, again, like, you know, why do these why does this? kind of work why do we kind of get invested in this character i think tatum brings in this whole sequence a lot of vulnerability that is key Mm -hmm. to making the work the the film work because the thing that he gets sort of hit with the, the the double blast of here is that one he's a dude without credentials applying for a job where he does not meet Or even come close to the minimum like credential requirements to get it and Mm -hmm. so it's that one tier of rejection of like you shouldn't even be here like you like you're you're applying for the wrong role you shouldn't be in this conversation right and then there's the other thing of he has amassed a track record as not necessarily being a fuck-up but a guy who's like totally rudderless Mm -hmm. and uh very fitful in terms of like what like when he shows up to a thing or when he invests himself in it and It's not just that he's amassed that track record through his life, but Gyllenhaal's character knows him and is able to call him on all that. And so he's sort of faced with this, like, this whole job interview becomes this really horrible, but, like, really identifiable look in the mirror for this character as he's sort of forced to see, like, this is how it comes across to other people. And by the way, that's how his family sees him, too. Yeah. I mean, the way he crumples when... She
3: reads the uh, one of the reports from one of his uh, military commanders where it's like he's really competent. He is he is overwhelmingly competent and will not ever get anything done. Uh, And it's heartbreaking. And like him hearing that and then just crumpling immediately is uh, it's so it's so grim. And I think that like this is one of Tatum's strengths as an actor. Right, is that he is really good at playing a hot, sad man, but <laughs> it is always a very specific kind of sadness that is distinct from the like grim, dark Robert Pattinson sadness. It is a quieter and goofy, goofier sadness that manages to really land uh, in the moments where the camera actually turns to face it, uh, and then it will very quickly turn away. And so it gives his like performances. Um, a lot of additional depth uh, just from like the way his characters are framed. And I think he plays it very well. He's
2: just a better actor, right? Like he is like Tatum is cut from a mold of a lot of otherwise generic looking white guy, muscular white guys that are shoved into like action comedy hybrids, um, which you could throw like actors like the rock in. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like these, these, these actors span a real spectrum. Like the, the rock, can't has like no range whatsoever. No. Right. And you, and you see that play out in the course of, of their career um, um <laughs> to, to getting something like black Adam, which is, well, I just won't talk very much and I'll just, I'll let the CG do the talking and you have Tatum. This, this movie comes right alongside like the, the breakout performance that like turns like Tatum. Well, two of them, there's 21 jump street, which like solidifies him as a comedic actor. And then you have magic Mike that solidifies him as a dramatic actor. Um, and then this movie sort of like lands squarely in this period where he's actually finding an identity for himself that allows him to take on roles and and give a role like this more more than whether it's the script or the filmmaker, I don't know, but it's all there only because of yes Channing Tatum and his and his ability to play like bulky brick of a man, but like one that you want to like hold, and it's right. okay if they cry. <laughs>
3: He's he's one of those actors where like I would almost like um I would kill for a movie written for Channing Tatum, in the same way that something like Uncut Gems was written for Adam Sandler, where it's just like, let me put this guy in a position that, let me put this person in a role that they're not normally in, but I think that they're fundamentally built for. I want to say that movie's so fucking bad.
1: Sober is, is making a third Magic Mike movie, right? That's the yes, like, <laughs> yes, yes. So I I mean, I, that's, I, like I, the,
2: that's the closest we get. Like he does seem also just like an actor that likes to have a good time and like yeah. is clearly picking. You know, the, is, has anyone? Has everyone? Has anyone seen Logan Lucky? no oh that's a, what's what's a, that's a recent Soderbergh uh Tatum collaboration that came out of the Magic Mike stuff it's 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 so it's so fucking good he's great in he's great in that as well but he, he like seems to sort of uh, he, he clearly does not pick like explicitly dramatic roles in the way mm-hmm. that uh and I don't know if that's a choice or like typecasting and like he's just found himself in a, in a way that like he he's playing just sort of the similar sorts of of roles over and over and then is able to elevate them when he gets partnered with a Soderbergh who like really understands like, what does it mean to put this like incredible looking physical figure that can also move you in front of the camera, which makes the magic Mike movie. So, so
1: fucking good. So the other thing lurking in the background of actually, you know what? Let's close the loop on this. Uh, mm-hmm. So the, the interview goes horribly it's and then it's the so- worst thing I can imagine happening to you at this moment after bombing a job interview happens, <laughs> like, the president walks into the tour group after like like after, uh, you know, he, he sort of he evades the question of how the job interview went and sort of implies like, uh, yeah, he's he's going to it went all right. And Emily immediately is like, that means dad's getting the job and he's going to be on the president's detail. And so the president walks in on the tour group. And oh my this my is kids. like this is where I think the president it, like, like uh, James Fox's character is going to win us over a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, but also, kind of like have that that tiny bit of edge the character needs so that like the the buddy team up later can have some have some weight after being surprised by like her surprisingly trenchant question, hang on, quick, quick thing, we need to back up mm. his middle East peace plan did have we all caught what the Middle East peace plan is? so and this is what I mean about this movie being like incredibly liberal. Uh just mm-hmm. in its sensibilities it's just in the background, but we get enough to get a sense of like what he has spelled out. He has decided that one, as we all know, poverty is the root of all like ills across any region mm-hmm. it can always mm-hmm. be reduced to poverty mm-hmm. uh he you know he learned this in his his lens on on domestic politics and what he's gonna apply uh to to the world at large two. It's the military industrial complex that has been keeping us divided from one another uh, Mm -hmm. across the world, but especially in the Middle East. (laughs) President al-Sharif, I think of Iran, but might be from might be from a different country. It's Iran. uh, Has the documents showing the ways the military industrial complex has been spinning plots and counterplots to keep everyone at each other's throats. His solution is twofold. One, we're going to pull out of the Middle East, close all the bases. We don't need them anymore. We're just getting out of the region. Two, we are going to publish the documents. He's basically going to Panama Papers, the uh, the, the military industrial complex, and show that they are the ones uh, be behind all these, these events in the Middle East. And that is going to break the logjam and Israel – Iran, Saudi Arabia, Russia, China, everybody is going to get on board with this uh, like like global peace plan that amounts to it was uh, the arms dealers all along. I mean, it's, just it's, gonna a, control it's a Scooby
3: Doo <laughs> reveal like it is a Scooby Doo reveal is what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. Well, there's so. a reason this
2: movie spends the, the reason when you asked, what is the plan? And three people blinked because the movie introduces it as a as a MacGuffin well, and then says goodbye like we're not going to talk about this t- till the end also, what,
0: yeah they also only they drip it in throughout the, the the thing about the Panama papers thing doesn't happen till much later in my notes at least uh
1: he actually he actually brings it up so this is important he brings up in conversation with the speaker uh the avuncular right. uh like centrist uh conservative who uh is is kale's actual protectee uh he hops on the he hops on a phone call with jamie fox and jamie fox says al sharif has the documents right uh which is so he he tells the speaker like that's where the, like we have the scoopy-doo reveal like right. plan in, in motion <laughs> uh so Emily asks him about this, and he gives the you know when we when we give up on thinking that people different people can come together, that's when we've given up on the world. And then he gives a cool shout out to her on her on her YouTube <laughs> channel. But then it's not a blog. Nobody says blog anymore. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just learned blog.
1: <laughs> and she tells him, "My dad's going to be on your detail." And he grabs him, whispers in his ear, "Don't, Don't lie. To, lie to stop to lying to kids, man."
3: <laughs> it's so brutal. It is. It is. It is such a good line. Such a good. Ugh. Jamie Foxx is also great in this. I think he's he's clearly having a ball with this role. Uh, and it makes me it
1: makes me uh, similar profile of like great dramatic actor with great like comedy chops as well. And I feel like a similar case of like Hollywood not fully knowing. Yeah, Hollywood has like largely failed
2: set. Jamie Foxx. Uh, his. Please look up, not that you need to see yet another Donald Trump impression, but <laughs> if you've not seen Jamie Foxx's Donald Trump, it is one of the most unfucking canny things I have ever seen. And he sat um, on it for
1: five years, right? He didn't do Yeah, the he didn't make it, until until he wasn't going on was SNL, going. like, wasn't yeah.
2: banking on it. It was just like on a podcast recording that he was doing and like busting out, and the room just stops on a dime. And he's he is just truly. Like one of the all time like great modern actors. And uh I mean, I think it's been a million years since uh, he was in Ray, which I think was like, you know, uh, maybe I'm blanking on some of the other like recent films he's been that have really been like his dramatic chops. But he also seems like a guy that likes to have fun too. So he he ends up picking a lot of roles that has him. You, yeah. know. you don't end up in a movie like this because you need it. Yeah. Well, Channing Tatum does, but like at that <laughs> point in his career, but Jamie Fox it, it, probably not.
1: And so with that, like we we meet, uh, we we get our inkling of the the plot taking shape. You know, we see that James Woods is doing all the things that, uh, you know, he ain't coming home. We see him getting ready for the the day at the office, uh, yeah. taking his American flag pin off his lapel. So you know, things are serious. Puts it by the dog tags draped over the uh the the photo of his son in a marine in in marine dress uniform uh he goes into work and and war- and he's clearly out of it in the briefing uh and warns uh character you know don't make this whole- your whole life it's it's not worth it and then the idea that all these things will it'll be revealed this is a guy who's lost his faith right he no longer believes this is the greatest job in the world or the greatest country in the world
3: yeah it's going to like his politics are the, the, the switches that this movie does in terms of what he believes and what his actual desires are, I think, are kind of interesting. Like, I, I think they're, like, fascinating in a way. Like, this switch from he is the dude who lost his son and wants revenge on the country yeah. to no, 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 no. That is not what is happening here. He does not want revenge on the United States. He is fundamentally a hawk who will only ever see the world through that lens. He is so bought into this idea of how power functions that when his son is killed on the president's order, he's like, damn, didn't go far enough. Fucked up. But,
2: but and also it cannot be overlooked that around this period, I don't know when James Woods goes full, like right wing. Fact, he was never like, that
1: far in the closet as far as like what it's like, like but like yeah
2: i don't think it was in the public eye to the degree that it is now like this his like full mask off like fuck it i'm 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 feasting on the fascism happens yeah. in the trump era but like as soon as i re- like it became clear that James Woods is, is a villain in this film. I was like, is he just doing a role-playing fantasy in this film? Because <laughs> a lot of what he's doing, like, doesn't seem that far off from things that, like, James Woods might be tweeting about um, uh, all the time. It was actually, like, mildly disturbing. Like, I can't imagine he was cast because, like, actually, his politics neatly fit um, uh, with uh, the character we're playing. That is just... A happy little accident but it was like re- kind of unsettling to watch that play out with the context of what he has become as a public figure mm-hmm. much more well known for right-wing politics um than than any
1: of the acting he's he's done in recent years i think like so i think it's one of the things that makes this movie interesting is the fact that it is like it is so the weird thing is it is tapping into like consciously or not but i think mostly consciously it is tapping into a lot of like latent dreads of the obama era right the fact yes. that like the people who take over the white house where where white house down is like man it's all these foreign adversaries in every movie like oh no we're under attack from a threat from abroad uh right. and it will take gerard butler to to put it right here
0: olympus has fallen. Like, pardon oh you said white house down uh, you oh, meant sorry. olympus has fallen yeah the has but, fallen series yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, But here it's explicitly like it is a mix of like private military contractors and right wing militia that take over the White House. Um, The dude, like one of the lead terror, one of the lead attackers in this film uh, is the dude who played devil in Justified, uh, Mm. who was like uh, Boyd Crowder's right hand man. uh, Oh, that's what he was from. I I was
2: I was I didn't bother looking at IMDb, but I was constantly going, I know you from. Something, um, and I, I, I could not put my finger on it. But you are, you are right. He's got a, right. he's got
1: a bunch of like, not random, but like loosely like associated, uh, tattoos all over him, yeah. uh, like marking affiliations mm-hmm. with different con like causes that are, don't even necessarily all fit fit in the same bucket, but like just a lot of like extremist paramilitary shit like he's he's, a neo-nazi
3: grab bag like that is his character is the neo-nazi grab bag
1: of just like he's a he's into all of it man uh yeah like it's you know that's that's just sort of like staff like staffing out the 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 attack and again like you know 2013 i think this is around the time that uh you you have the report on radicalization and law enforcement being like intentionally buried uh mm-hmm. at the behest of like republicans uh who you know cried foul at the notion of like pointing out uh the fact that like armed security services are are shot through with nazis uh and then yeah the the ultimate like the ultimate villain here is james woods who yeah we do, we do learn you think the entire movie that it is about anger over his son being killed in a uh, Jimmy Carter esque like raid Mm -hmm. on Iran. But actually what his, his fundamental objection to Jamie Foxx's character is aesthetic. Like, and this is like, this is where the fascism comes in. It is that, you know, in the, in the climax of the film, he's going to say like, for a minute you showed you had what it takes for one minute. You were what an American president should be. Uh, But you know, then you let us all down. You failed us yet again. And it is because in his in his worldview, yeah. the job of an American president is to exalt an American power and wield American power, violent power, um, unapologetically and frequently.
3: And and without like retort. Like the the his whole point is that if if we do the, if you did this, if you if you did the thing the American president is supposed to do, the world is in its right way, right? Like, his 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 fundamental belief is that if I bomb Iran, uh, we will be able to completely end the war in the Middle East because we will just obliterate the entire region. And that is the ideal role of the American empire, is to be the hand pulling that trigger.
2: Well, and that is also, again, this is where I wonder about the script versus like as it was in Vanderbilt's hands. And then when Emmerich is shooting it, Emmerich's films, especially ones that are in this disaster porn category are all U S centered, American military centered, um, like very much in the mode of, uh, like, uh, making the, you know, the military and American like culture, like sexy and interesting. Like that is a through line in all of is day after tomorrow, 10,000, uh, 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 that day after tomorrow, uh, uh, you know, Independence Day, like that, that is a through line in the, th- this is in that same mode of film. And so it's, it's interesting that even though this is there, there, there's a critique of a certain style of patriotism in this script, it is still ultimately a film that is Michael Bay-like. And it's like, but yeah, like,
3: oh, it loves the America's troops. great though. Right. I mean, like that is the core is that at every point where America's
2: flawed, but it's great.
3: A capital T troop is given an opportunity to make a decision in this movie, right? They always make the correct decision uh, or, like, the decision that is, like, most humane, right? We see that in the... I don't, not troops, like, we're not politicians. Politicians are always making the... Not always, but consistently making the morally wrong decision uh, from uh, Woods's character to... Um, Woods is the Secret Service... Richard Jenkins' movie. character... I mean, Jenkins, you know, yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah. Jenkins' character... It are consistently making inhuman decisions. But when it comes to the troops, when they're like, the nuclear missiles are, are arming, something's wrong. Uh, point one, when they're actually doing the airstrike and they go, no, there's a kid waving a flag, that means we can't do the airstrike, which is like, <laughs> I'm aborting. It's, it's, it is so fucking silly oh, and God. so fundamentally divorced from how. People who do violence actually understand it. But, like, it was it was it's so goofy. But to the point where I almost find it endearing. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. um the film fundamentally loves the troops so much and just wishes those darn politicians would stop using them for ill those ends. darn
2: politicians, those darn aliens that darn climate change. Exactly. like that <laughs> like that like, there's always. Damn, people always just gunning for America. If they just leave us alone, we could we could make <laughs> everything right. There's a real rah-rah uh Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, Emmerich comes out of the Michael Bay mold. Um, like, he's, <laughs> Emmerich is just a less talented Michael Bay. Um, um, uh, and I think you, you, I think you especially see that in this film. White House yes. Down, directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, we cook him with gas. Best and thing The Rock. And unfortunately, you see you you see what it, you know. Emmerich, as much as I love his big popcorn films, like you see the talent gap in pulling off like a film of that of that type, especially when this movie is smaller scale, right? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is bombastic. It wants to be bombastic in a way that an Independence Day is, but it just fundamentally isn't. It is. It is not a one room play, but it is like a small contained area, and it constantly tries to feel bigger. And every time it does that, I think it really buckles under that weight. When it, and it's at its best when it's, it's
0: the sequence. It's
1: the sequence of the, the commandos flying in through Washington, uh, like the CG helicopters, <laughs> it's, it's awful. like it's awful. It's like rolling. So this, like, how did nobody talk you out of this? This horrible yeah. idea. Oh
0: no, we got to get it's, under the the arch in Chinatown. <laughs> it sucks so bad.
3: And then also, I think that the other the other scene that I think really. Um, Goes to show the point you're making, Patrick. and I, I think that is really goofy, but also like I think does not land at all for as much as I enjoyed watching it is the car chase. Uh, on the White House yes. lawn, where where Channing Tatum is just spending like five minutes. There is five consecutive so minutes of Channing Tatum just doing donuts. We just gotta go around the fountain one more <laughs> time, bro. One, one, time. one more time. You dropped the rocket launcher. That was a good line. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's a good, like the problem is that like <laughs> cutting to the, the helicopter. Like uh, uh uh, I believe we see the is president. That- has a rocket launcher. <laughs> like that has? is art. <laughs> right. That like, that's is the art. problem uh. is that like for all of the ways in which the pacing of that scene is fucking awful. I think the action choreography at times that scene is really goofy. The the fact that they introduced a minigun. And then made it feel weightless is astounding. That is the worst minigun that has ever fired. And I know the presidential limousine, blah, 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 blah. Who gives a fuck? They introduced
0: this, that really early on, didn't you remember? I know. They can survive I like know, a nuclear bass or something. I,
3: I know. <laughs> but it's so goofy. And yeah, it it, it loses me in the middle. But then they go through the fucking tennis court. They drive through the tennis court and then the car side swipes the basketball hoop and flips. And then I'm fully back in again. Like <laughs> every time the film's pacing completely ruins it for me. The next moment it it wins me back with showing me the stupidest shit I can imagine.
1: Yeah, it's like, and I think it helps that there's a lot of chemistry like between the leads, like every time mm-hmm. Sawyer and Tatum, uh, or Jamie, Fox and Tatum, Sawyer and Kale are, are together and sort of growing out. You see the buddy, the buddy action yes. movie take shape. You wish there was more of it uh, like th- like their banter in the car is good. Them doing donuts on the White House lawn during a sort of inner action sequence is not good. Uh, and they just didn't figure out like they did not figure out a compelling enough action sequence to leverage the inherent goofiness of driving around with the president in the backseat of a limo trying to work an RPG launcher uh, and you are and, and you're and you're driving this like, you know, eight ton uh, limousine. That's inherently funny. The stunt just doesn't quite li- the, the sequence doesn't quite like live up to it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is part of the difficulty of. I almost wonder if, and this is to the to Patrick's point about it being too small of a movie. I almost wonder if uh, the film works significantly better if it's all of Capitol Hill. Just like like this is a larger scale action. I, where I thought you can, they were going to leave that.
2: Like that was the that whole like, finally we can get out of the fucking yes. White House and give a little like because because em, like you can see Emmerich like struggle, like the way he handles spectacle is a zoomed out camera so yeah. that you can watch a massive visual effects uh a thing play out. And so you see when the helicopter sequence doesn't really work because it's zoomed in, it's clearly entirely CG. Yeah. It's not as like they're like... And, and it just falls apart. It also doesn't help that it's 10 years later um, and not in 4K. Where's my 4K White House down? But I, I think you're absolutely right, Ren, that like given a a, la- a larger canvas to play on, it would help establish scenes for the, the players to have more intimate moments and also not f- like... You see the movie like we need the big action moment. And it's like we don't have a lot of pieces to work with here.
3: Yeah. Uh and I and I think I think that's a bummer. Cause again, there are moments where it works. But also, like, I think this goes to like the discohesion at the heart of this movie, which for some of us on this call really works. And for others, it 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 totally falls through. Um, because like that contrast is also like the present in the moment to moment of these action scenes, right? There's that one um There's the quick bit where Tatum goes into uh, spec ops fucking uh, tier one operator mode and like knifes two guys. And then completely the whole tone and like structure of the film's action scenes changes for like a couple of scenes and then switches right back because it feels like the movie wants to play on two different scales at the same time, but has confined its setting to one of them.
1: Well, it doesn't – actually, I want to talk talk about some of the the different action modes this movie is in uh, in a moment. Let's let's take a quick break before we we dip into that, though.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: So I think y'all are keying on something really important here, which is that like fundamentally this like this movie be best served by just being a a diehard scale film and directed as such. And it's kind of stuck between different modes of filmmaking and action movie that have sort of emerged since like Emmerich can't help but try and make a sprawling uh, like CG spectacle, mm-hmm. despite the fact that like the scale of this film, the scale of DC does not lend no. itself to that. Uh, you know, it is the film is fundamentally doing the diehard thing or the, the like, like eighties, early nineties action film thing of like uh, you know, an average Joe uh, who's sort of quick on his feet uh, and uh has has a, a hefty layer of plot armor on him in some ways. <laughs> uh you know, t- like getting the better of of heavily armed mercenaries through like wit and guile and ingenuity. And there's bits and pieces of that, but then also, yeah, it wants to do the tier one operator shit of like, uh, well, also like he can be efficient and violent, uh, and you know, and, and sort of like clear room like nobody's business. And and the problem is that like Emmerich really does not can't do either of those two modes you know emrica does keep defaulting to uh you know i point the camera at where the big action thing is happening and the big action thing happens in front of it uh and, and so even like you easily imagine places uh that you'd have much more compelling action sequences like uh you know, when there when those initial gunfights in the halls of the White House, for instance, uh, it's claustrophobic. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's this game of cat and mouse in in a tiny building. And there's ways to leverage that to make it more compelling. And I think Emmerich is is mostly confined uh, okay. by it and, and wants to get away from it as as soon as possible, uh, w- which is too bad. Because I do think like one of the strongest sequences in the film is when they get back to the residence. The two bits I love Jamie Foxx when he gets hold of his Nicorette stash (laughs) and we cut to him with his jaw basically dislocated from the wad of Nicorette. He's just compulsively chewing smoke.
3: (laughs) No, great. I don't either. It's 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 incredible. And I think that like part of the thing that you're you're talking about, Rob, with like he doesn't know what to do with that specific choreography I mean, that shows in the pacing. That sequence is this movie theory. is long. When I booted yeah. it up
2: last night, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me! This
1: movie is over two hours long. That's not what these movies is. This a director's cut? I don't need that. I don't right. need this one. <laughs> we spent like twenty minutes with the vice president on Air Force One, uh, and his whole purpose is to be blown out of the sky eventually to clear yeah. all of the way to the But it's a all whole of that. subplot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yes. And and like. <sighs> the part of that's even like the minute to minute choreography and like pacing is fucked because he's uncomfortable. With this vibe. Like that, that exact gunfight you're talking about that is claustrophobic. He is trying to get out of that shit so quickly. Like as the characters are trying to get out of it, the movie is also like with Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx being like, we gotta go. We cannot be in this mode for very long because I don't know how to choreograph his action scene beyond there are a bunch of guys in a hallway and it doesn't know what to do with those puzzle pieces. And instead, it's just like, just put them in the elevator, put them in the elevator and have them climb up the elevator so we can get the sequence. You let them where, banter
2: because, uh, yes. I don't know, do I need do I need a fourth? You know, what? this movie already had three of them, but could I get like four or five fights where Channing Tatum is just fruitlessly engaging in hand-to-hand combat with a guy shot in a way that I don't understand <laughs> the tension or the choreography? I mean, they go on for ever and they
1: have no weight no the weight whatsoever Biggest sequence in this movie is when he's when the commandos are like when the uh like seal team or whatever delta force is coming to land at the white house and they get totally wiped out by javelin missiles which bugs me because that's uh you know surface to surface missile and should have been like stinger anyway point is wrong weapon <laughs> system uh but the the second thing is like it's it. this should be an absolute like batshit shit like you know everything is popping off in this action yeah. sequence and i'm surprised how uninvolved i am throughout the sequence is like the helicopters are shooting at the building and channing tatum's like mixing up with the dudes and trying to like stop them from shooting down more choppers and I, wait like, i think it's that's friendly. the only th-
3: that is the only good part <laughs> of that die. sequence why the only <laughs> the only good part of that sequence is when Channing Tatum's actually under threat by the delta force unloading a minigun at him like that was goofy in a way that i actually liked as part of the rest of that sequence was just empty right and like the, the fight that follows it between uh tatum and uh, oh god the dude the like chief like
1: uh mercenary that they're working with um stands, stands. Oh, say, yeah so stands and that- real quick here uh so Stens is played by Jason Clark, who is one of those actors that never really gets his breakthrough, but he's in a few really good TV shows. He's a very good character actor. Uh yeah. and is actually starred Chicago Code, uh, which is a surprisingly good one season like cop show that has a degree of like cop skepticism that's rare. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh and I think it's a reason. Like we remember Stenz uh because like, he, like he's memorable. Uh, in a movie where a lot of the, the dudes are not.
3: Right, and but the fight between Stenz and Kale is so long. Like, yeah. Stenz is throwing Kale around what looks like a press briefing room uh, for, I'm going to say, about five consecutive minutes of just cutting between other things happening and Tatum getting the shit beat out of him. And then he, like, grabs a knife and stabs uh, Stenz once in the foot. And then the fight's over because Tatum puts a grenade belt around his neck and then pulls the pins. And then I'm back in again. They got me. Sorry. I'm back <laughs> in, fuckers.
1: It <clears throat> me so much, too. Like, <laughs> oh, grenade pins are so hard to pull. Um, like, by design, you don't just, it's not just like, a, it's not like a zipper. Uh, but yeah, that, that shit's fun. Uh, the entire, like, so. One of the things I dig about this movie too is like one of the ways I think it's ahead of the curve is that it is so skeptical. Of mainstream conservatism back in 2013 as anything other than a smokescreen yes. for something awful and rotten at its heart. Yes. We meet the the Speaker of the House that we meet is like wow he's a cool guy like a John McCain type or something like seems like a really decent dude who's like I'm not cool enough to be president I can never be a dude like uh, Sawyer uh, but he's 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 a good buddy for for Tatum uh sort of a good uh, good sponsor for him and you spend this whole movie thing like. This is this is one of the good guys.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and the movie sort of tips its hand about like the levels of reveals we're going to have when they bring in James Woods' wife to talk sense into him.
3: Oh, it's so and we good. get the whole
1: scene by the numbers. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? I can't believe like, you, you know, she's she's shocked. She's she doesn't know what's happening. She's confused. And then the turn comes and she's like, kill them all. Right. She goes like that. Is the, this is ideology moment
3: for me. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. it's yeah. like no 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 no! this is not a guy this is not one fucked up dude this is at this core this is all it takes to flip this woman she is against her husband doing this until the moment he evokes we are going to kill more people and it will be good and then it's like okay cool great like she is fully bought in it's it's really well done
1: and like that's gonna that and that sets us up for like the fact that you know at the end who has been behind this, this whole thing, it's, it's going to turn out to be your vuncular, uh, cool speaker of the house and the entire, you know, in the, in the denouement where everyone's like on the white house lawn and it's all congratulations. And the threat has been, uh, you know, defeated when he is caught via the, you know, his old fashioned addiction, to having a beeper. Uh, but when he is caught, um, he immediately turns on Tatum and basically like indicates that he he sees Kale the exact same way that Gyllenhaal and like mm-hmm. the Secret Service application perceive a guy like Kale, except even worse, even more contempt. Uh, You know, who are you? You you dumb meathead grunt. Who, who are you to get in my way? Uh, And I think like it's one of the cool moves in this movie is that like, you know, sometimes it's interesting to look at a thing like this. And you can sort of see that on some level, there's something in the popular culture where some people are onto the game. They see what's coming. They mm-hmm. they, they see what the actual status, they see where things are headed. And one of the things that's cool about this movie is that for all it's like sentimental liberalism and its belief that, you know, decency and kindness can win the day. It is also crystal clear in its belief that like, conservatism not maga not not like the extreme right conservatism as it was being sort of conceptualized and redefined in america uh you know in the 2010s was rotten to the core Mm -hmm. and all its respectability and like relatability was a mask for absolutely like murderously psychotic beliefs
0: yeah but is it is it implied that the the that the can the tumor that he has is affecting this decision at all? A little bit, a li- like I think, right? Um, uh, it is. It well, is. That lorazepam
1: it, certainly isn't doing its job. Yeah.
0: yeah, I do feel like that. This but is, there's too this many other people involved, in right? Wife, like that's sort of um,
2: like when once they once they invoke the speaker, it's like that mm-hmm. goes beyond just a. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did yes. I say? Like, yes, hey, yes, hey, yes. we he was he was picking out like. His, his favorite white nationalist from the Threat, matri- the the threat Matrix, the Daily Threat Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but I mean, even to that point, uh, and I, it, like this, you know, like this speaks to the tension between like Emmerich's rah-rah and the scripts like sort of like baked in skepticism. You know, to your point, Rob, about how it sort of like points a finger at like the rot of conservatism uh, writ large. It also points to what would happen later of like, well, the radicalized fringes uh that are mobilized on the right will just be co-opted as weapons by that like mainstream conservatism and will just use use uh you know will just hide behind whatever cloaks it needs to to enact what it actually wants to occur and then can blame it on the fringes rather than what mm-hmm. itself is doing
3: i i think though i think that there is a there's a tension that we're kind of talking about that i don't know if that that is resolved in its like that the film that like <sighs> this is a movie that believes like Rob said that conservatism at its core is going is is a mask for these particular beliefs right this is established but the problem is that it does not understand that the military itself right as a as a social institution. Is fundamentally tied to those beliefs because Emmerich right. would never let that happen. Like right, all exactly. of his
2: films are explicitly like like Bay, like like many films that use military imagery are made. You know, in collaborate like the reason they exactly. can use that imagery and use, use that weaponry is because you need you need that shit on loan from the military itself, and so they right. you know that's. But also, I don't think it's as simple as that. That's more Bay Emmerich like. Again, like all of his stuff is 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 rah um, rah, right. and, and always has been.
3: And like the military-industrial complex as an idea is 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 like, oh yeah yeah yeah, this is about you know particular monetary and political interests. The the film says that. But believes that like the military that, that the problem with the military industrial complex is the industrial part. Like that is the that is the fundamental belief of this movie. And it's just like that isn't enough. And it, and it will never be able to make the further steps that it would need to actually like produce a salient critique because it can't see up.
2: And these movies just don't do that. Right. Like the best right. you can hope for is that. It's like a mess of – like it helps them land, right? Like the best ones, like it, it helps like a, a, these big spectacle movies stand out if at least there's a mess of interesting ideas that don't necessarily cohere into anything because it's – I don't know. What, what 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 example even is there of of a cohesive block – like ideologically interesting blockbuster that operates at this scale? I'm sure it exists. It's just not coming to mind.
1: Well, I mean, the, the, like, or at a lot least one of them that leans left, right? Like, right, that's most,
2: most blockbusters lean right. Um, um, uh, they are inherently, it maybe not necessarily like capital C conservative, but like are, are, are broadly, uh, uh, middle of the pack, uh, uh, politically and ideologically at, at best. Um, mostly because they, what do they call them, four quadrant movies. Everyone's got to watch it. And It's like, yeah. uh, liberals will still show up to a pro military movie. Um, conservatives might not show up to an anti military movie.
3: <laughs> exactly
1: i also i also think like a thing i a thing i tend to like uh have a bit of like i i w- i would be cautious about is i think a lot of a lot of movies like this that are made from like a fun or a lot of works that come from a fundamentally like liberal belief system it's not mm-hmm. that they like can't get to conclusions or they can't see things right it's that they just fundamentally disagree right no exactly. Like, like it is like I don't think like this movie is confused about like oh, it can't it can't quite like figure out where to place the military and all. The-. Yeah, it can. Uh, the military is an institution that is a bulwark against this chaos, mm-hmm. and it is vital to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands, i.e. the way that uh, the speaker of the house nearly inveigles himself to to like seize control of of the entire apparatus. Like I think like for us, it's very clear. The movie is identifying a lot of symptoms, but doesn't really have a compelling causal theory of like what is driving a lot of what it is, what it is like trying to represent. But in really like key, like important ways, it is also deeply like it is deeply committed to this idea that, uh you know, the military itself and the people who comprise it can be do- separable from these problems that the like that they, that they are divorceable from this uh and what should be implicated and considered is in fact like yeah lobbying the military industrial complex uh etc um
0: stands the one like american military guy on the on the other side that like they give a like reason for right like he got burned what is his? yeah do you remember what his motivation was Well, I mean, essentially, like, he was like in deep, deep undercover in in the Middle East. And his his identity got burned, and he spent two years in a, what was that? Two years in a... uh, a Mm -hmm. Taliban prison. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Taliban prison. Right? So, like, for him, it is a revenge story. Like, he's Gung ho about actually like possibly killing the president for that specific action, but not
2: fully synced up with. Woods, but the like, reason, as the as Woods wants to go, yeah, the, the
0: like and but then you have Channing Tatum as a vet on the other end, being like the hero of the story, also, and like the, the only the reason that this one military U.S. military guy gets to be this way is because he was wrong, right? Like yeah, the rest of the military as they show up, like uh, like Ren was saying earlier in discussion, they're always making the right choices, even if they get thwarted by the bad guys. They're not
1: the one incorrect. the one call out i think i think lance reddick is pretty clearly out to lunch for a lot of this movie you know what i mean like the the dude in the pentagon he always feels like he's a bit of a martinet who is trying to like very rigid in his reaction to these things
0: yeah it just feels like he's trying to do the best job and like he sees the other the other institutions as fundamentally uh corrupted and corruptible because of the connection like right they they, at the very beginning he's like somebody's been compromised in your office right um yeah
3: i think that this this ties into a a thing about a lot of movies that fall into this into this mold and that like emerge from this particular worldview is that there is the idea that the bureaucracy there's a simultaneous idea that like institutions like the military are can be a bulwark against uh like bad actors right but it also believes that bureaucracy as a system uh is antithetical to good actors doing what they need to and it, it, it honestly reminds me a lot of um think about the this through like one's of the film contagion a ton contagion is a movie that is completely convinced that simultaneously that bureaucracy is what uh, causes like tragedy and and disaster and also that good bureaucrats are the answer to that problem. And I think that uh Rennig's character is very much the uh man all this all this bureaucracy is getting in the way of of what needs to get done because all of these 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 processes and he's just too deep within it. And like the mm. movie uh, because like who's the person who gets things done? It is the outsider. It is the person who is not part of this specific organization's and and bureaucracy. Right.
2: If they had just told the president Independence Day earlier about the existence of aliens instead of the defense secretary keeping that from them and doing their private research experiments, could have been all
1: avoided.
3: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> Ren, I know you gotta go. Mm-hmm. Um, but before you do, yes. Two quick questions. Mm-hmm. Uh Flag twirling, thumbs up or thumbs down, and tour. No, uh, the the reveal, <laughs> the the payoff for the flag twirling. Rob's trying to trying to figure out if he's good if or can horrible. Uh, and two, uh, tour guide. Uh, do you ship him and uh, Emily's mom?
3: I I've been thinking about it since the movie turned off. I have I have not been able to stop thinking about that fucking dork. I I think that is one of the. It's a really stupid joke. It's a joke. I like a lot of him being like, so do you want a free tour of the white? House? It's great. I I love it. It's so dumb. I want them to be together because he's a dork and I want him to have a W. You know, I want, I want the dude who I want him. I want the buddy cop movie with him and Emily where it's just like the two of them (laughs) getting in. They actually
1: (laughs) don't like each other at first. Like she's an annoying kid on the tour. Uh, yeah, but by the end
3: he's picking up that shotgun for her, and he, I he will, will die do for this anything. child. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I love, I love this kid who knows more than I do. Um, that's great. And the flag twirling reveal is so fucking stupid. I, <laughs> I love it so much. Waving the flag to get the jets off is it's incredible. I, I could not be happier.
1: Uh, yeah, that is that like. Uh all right Ren we will let you go. Uh we'll wrap we'll wrap the show from here. Um but thanks for thanks for hanging. Thanks for getting so invested.
3: Sorry, I have <laughs> liked this movie a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah. yeah this has been a that's right.
1: <laughs> I will say the um the the flag twirling thing did put me in mind though of like it's again this movie's just lifting shit from The Rock. This mm-hmm. is the this is the green smoke mm-hmm. sequence from The Rock. Uh, where they're about sure. to like, drop the thermite plasma on Alcatraz and mm-hmm. he sends the signal and all that and it's all like, cross-cutting, it's hyperdramatic the fact they do it with her running out with the flag <laughs> which she knows how to twirl and signal and get attention yeah. because she did it as a talent show which we introduced in the first 15 minutes of the movie the audacity to do that at is least, just incredible
0: at least it wasn't the US flag they, they, they held back just a little bit <laughs> uh what was that was like the seal which, of the of the white house or something was that it i think so it was blue it was a, it was it was a predominantly blue flag with yeah. like a seal I don't, in the center. I don't know exactly which um but yeah that just really i like beautiful. wrote down like oh okay here's our uh liberty leaving the people moment It's like she's running out with this with this flag um this is very funny uh all, mostly, also the the reaction from the like the guy is like, but there's a kid with a flag. We can't do the the mission. It's like, yeah, okay. You were already go- like you knew the assignment. Yeah, the assignment was, was, was already going shoot to be the, the building where there's
2: hostages. Killing, killing a bunch of, of civilians. It. Yes, you knew that. You and and don't we remember earlier? This girl has a video that has been seen seven hundred million times on her YouTube channel, not
3: her blog. And <laughs> her my YouTube guess channel. is you're
2: aware of that information because you were watching the news today and the, the news kept crediting her over the bravery of this young, this young, young little girl. So, I mean, but whatever. Like, th- those sequences are not meant to be logically consistent. They are meant <laughs> to be uh, emotionally consistent. Right, um, right. Like, they are, they are just meant to tug at your heartstrings and I don't know that it necessarily accomplishes that, but that is definitely what it's going for rather than um you know anything else also oh, yep. the wikipedia says it was a presidential flag mm. whatever that means i
1: uh it's a shame we it's a shame we didn't get the sequence where she's found by the terrorists uh as just messages pour in from media outlets asking permission to use her video <laughs> just, yeah, uh, in the on
2: co- one of the comments like <laughs>
1: we, hey, do you, hey do you mind if we use this on
2: Can nbc news
0: this? Well, credit. Uh, yeah.
1: I hope you're safe.
2: <laughs> Can you just let me know? Oh man. Can't you use this? When the little girl that that, that that great sequence where uh it's Jason Clark, right? Um yeah. uh goes in to intimidate her, smacks her around, and then she just just steely-eyed, get away from me. And he She breaks him. Like <laughs> that that part was that part was awesome. Like, he does not know what the fuck to do with this little girl, and she she stared him in the eyes and said, "Get away from me!" and and he did, he did like a cowering lion. He
1: did. It's it's terrific. We didn't even th- There isn't much to say about the hacker dude, but the fact there's a shitty little hacker dude because yeah. oh, and of die- course it's got the classical music because that's just die Hard. the bit. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he gets hoisted by his own uh, little trap that he left in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. It is, it is such a goofy film. Uh, I don't think I have much more to say about it. I think it's like, this is, this this is where I come down is like, it is a surprising popcorn flick.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I just, I just wish it was like 40 minutes shorter. Like it'd be so much easier to recommend if it was like an hour 40 instead of two hours and 15, 15, minutes. Like there's, there's like an edited version of this film that is even for all its like existing faults. If you were just to take it and trim it down, I think would be like a like a much stronger uh, film. Film as a result,
0: yeah. There's a, there's a more diehard e version where they never leave the White House even into the tunnels, and are just mm-hmm. like crawling in vents and like going through various different rooms that you saw on the tour beforehand, like more right. God, then, we, oh
2: the, the payoff with the 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 tour guy dude when. He gets to deliver his one line. The one line.
0: <laughs> oh, he whacks that dude with the whatever
2: <laughs> he was holding. That was that was probably my favorite reoccurring bit, was, was that character. It had such a good payoff.
0: We, so um, One of my re- favorite reoccurring bits is the fucking shitty Republican guy.
1: Oh, yeah. The Fox News dude the is Fox there. The Fox News yeah. dude.
0: The fucking. <laughs> he's a, he's the, he was a senator, though, right? Yeah. Was he? I yes, can't remember. he's a senator, but he okay. also has his own, like, talk show, apparently. Which is, like, so they're mixing, they're kind of mixing a couple different types of guys. No, I mean, think he's guys.
1: just a talk show personality. I, I feel swear like someone
0: called him a senator. No?
1: Okay. Maybe he's next. But, like, I,
0: but also, again. But the point being, the- yeah, his him being there and like that the fucking nazi guy being like oh my god i love your work <laughs> the whole well, time and in
1: terms of like the thing being a, like the film started of being like keyed to some uh currents in all this yeah like the degree to which this guy is blanching it like oh god this thing is happening the shit that i like stir up and yep. encourage like every day on tv is actually happening and it scares the shit out of me yeah uh yes. because i'm caught up in it uh because the people who are like my friends actually terrify me suddenly like the, my ideological sympathizers <laughs> kind of scare me uh and just the degree to which he is like uh like blanching from the minute they identify him as like one of theirs so the minute uh the 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 character uh played oh, by kevin Roger. rankin is like man you're right and is asking basically for a job like can i can i intern on your show uh, <laughs> Yeah, like just incredible uh yeah, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good shit uh in this movie. Like I end up being pretty won over by it. And I, and I think that is in spite of all the issues you mentioned, Patrick. Like, I think I think Roland Emmerich fumbles a lot of major things about this film, but the script, the characterizations, you all kind of come away from being like, Yep, yeah, this is it's still it's still pretty winning. He lo- he loses
2: when him and Dean Devlin split post Godzilla. Uh, like you lo- like if you look at the because they did Stargate together, Independence Day together, um, and maybe Universal Soldier. I don't I don't know exactly the split occurs around like the Patriot Godzilla era, or uh, maybe it was with the, the Patriot with But either way, like there's like a heart that is lost, yeah. like after like post where it becomes just increasingly cranked on the on the spectacle. And I think you can just like see that here. Like there's again, like it's easy to see a world where like this movie is like an all-timer. Like with like some tweaks and and like tonally just like moved around a little bit like it does you don't have to like the pieces are all there mm. um the, the the bones are very good on this movie which is why it's as entertaining as it is okay you're referring that like,
1: midway movie that nobody liked either yeah
2: no he he he's like post Evelyn like essentially the only successes he has are I I know how to destroy New York. <laughs> would you like to see it done a different way And frequently the answer is is yes um, um I, I would like to see that, but yeah, he just he just loses a touch with with the split from when, with, with Dean Devlin and it's it's too bad because i I think with someone like his presence here, th- this movie is probably something a lot more special.
1: Uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks so much for listening to my turn. and Thanks to two mellow for the theme music. And if you are listening to this through waypoint plus, we are grateful for your support. And if you're on the public feed uh, and you might be listening to this uh, without, you know, and you're thinking, boy, I wish it were a week early and there weren't all these ads. Well, head over to waypointplus.com uh, and, and sign right up. Everyone, also, please leave a review on iTunes. That is the most helpful kind of review uh, you, you can leave. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Zachney. Uh, Kato, where can people find you?
0: At a underscore Kato underscore appears.
1: Patrick. At Patrick Koppik. Believe it or not, it is uh, at Renner Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And as for next week, well, it's not my turn anymore. I think Kato, uh like the play passes to you, correct?
0: It's my It's my turn. Yeah, my turn.
1: You've had some time to think about this. Now you yeah. seem pretty convinced. You knew what you wanted to pick.
0: I think I do. Uh, I think I. I yeah. think I, I, I considered some other options, but I think, I think we're going. We're heading towards. Olympus
2: has fallen. Olympus has fallen.
0: <laughs> we're headed towards, uh, the the house that uh, the Cohen brothers built. We're going to hail Caesar. Hell yes! It's <laughs> <Wow, I just laughs> one of the few I Good haven't seen. Pull.
2: That's one of the few Channing I Channing Tatum
0: in Hail Caesar is mm-hmm. going to be a very interesting thing to compare to him in this movie. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh so yeah. Check check that check that movie out for get ready for next time on my turn. Excellent.
2: I can check it off my list. I don't know why I didn't watch that
0: oh, when I came out
1: some years mm, back, but I wow. I know it's very good. So good. All right. So uh keep keep an eye out for that uh coming up soon on my turn. For now, peace.